Well, this morning I'm going to uh, talk about something rather unique to church people. So if you're not part of this church, you, kinda, you don't need to go in neutral and don't need to blow it off, but, but pay attention for just a few minutes about something called sin sick. We've heard of love sick, and that's when people uh, walk around with their head in the clouds and they can't seem to function without the one they're in love with. Anybody ever seen somebody love sick? Yeah, I have too. It's so annoying. Uh, uh, it's good to see Jeff here. I mean, he's worked 27 days in a row and he finally made it to church, and it's great to see him here. Amen. 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 I want to go to Ecclesiastes. I'm going to read a verse of scripture here, verse 6 and 7. Sin sick, it's when things begin to operate in opposite mode. It's, it's, they, they begin to do things that normally wouldn't do, and they get caught up in a lot of, of, a lot of poor decision making. And verse 6 says, folly is set in in great dignity, and the rich sit in low places. I have seen the servants upon horses and princes walking upon the earth. Princes walking as servants upon the earth. Have you, you know, when a person gets sin sick, they're so ate up with something in life and they're so destroyed and they're so uh, besetting sin that it's, it's caused them to operate in ways that they normally wouldn't. If I, if I sit and told you that, uh, I don't know, I, if I walked in this morning like this, you know something's heavy upon me and I hope I never have walked in like that. I may have stuttered. I may have... I had a few words to say, but, but I've never been down. But when a person gets really down with sin and it gets a burden upon their heart and it's something that's heavy, it causes them to become something they shouldn't become. A servant, in, in, in a sense, that becomes a slave. And I want to define what living in sin and, and living in a sin-sick way does to people. Living in a continuous Living in or a continuous living in a life of sin and caring about it and having a, having a concern of it. Boy, I got my words together. So we'll go to the next one. It's miserable. It creates isolation. It is it's ever before you. It's like I feel like a hypocrite. Have you ever, ever had something in your life and you came to church or you ever went around anyone, you had something going on in your life that constantly bombarded your mind? constantly made you miserable and constantly made you aware of it, but you thought no one else was, and it may not have been. But it's amazing what can come into our lives at times, and you know, it can be from the smallest things. We we'll often think of something that's really big, but, but often it's time of just talking about people. If you have a problem with saying things that aren't true and, and it eats at you, and it constantly, when you're around him, all of a sudden you become very uncomfortable about the, around the people you were talking about. Church is hard to endure. Covered up with a smile, you become good at covering it up. Your, con your conscience is never at rest. You are different. You're involved in a less than acceptable lifestyle with a hidden remorse. I remember at Teen Challenge, there was, there was a, a variety of guys there with a background, a variety of things. But at that place, it should be a place of holiness. And guys were living in a way that, that should be pleasing to the Lord. But I never forget there's this one guy, and I've, I've used this to said this before. There's a guy by the name of David, as far as I'll, I'll go. But he was making mention. He was, he was without a woman for quite a long period, and he was married. And he went to one of the guys who was known as a homosexual, and he, he presented himself to him, and, and he was tempting this guy. 
He was tempting this guy. It makes no sense. But what was hidden on the inside was made manifest when he went to that guy. And how many times do people in church have things hidden on the inside? And we learn to function with it. We were never happy. We're never content. We're never having any real direction because we're always in strife within ourselves. And we wake up every day and we begin to the place that we feel miserable. We feel miserable. Go to first Samuel, second Samuel chapter 12. This is a guy that was one of the greatest guys ever in Scripture. Verses 1 through 12, 1 through 9. And the Lord sent Nathan unto David, and he came unto him, and he said, There were two men in the city, one rich and one poor. The rich man had exceedingly many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing save one little ewe lamb, which he had brought nourished up, and he grew up together with him. And with his children, and did eat of his meat, and drank of his own cup, and lay in his bosom, and was unto him as a daughter. Now, I've always, now, I, I know some of you are dog lovers. How many of you dog lovers do we have here? We have one. Go ahead, Larry Parker. You need both hands up. Uh, uh, I can remember Larry Parker, and I've been friends for many years, and he had two, two, uh, two dogs in particular, Chloe and Bella. I think one of them is taking a dirt nap by now, right? Okay, but everything revolves around Chloe and, and, and uh, what's that other one's name? Bella. And, and so when I read this, it made me think of all of you dog lovers. This, this guy had gotten so attached to this little you. This is a female, a female lamb. She grew up in his house. Did eat of his own meat and drink of his own cup and lay in his bosom as, as unto him as a daughter. And I always thought, man, how could anybody be so crazy about an animal? Okay, let's move along. All right. And there came a traveler unto the rich man, and he spared to take one of his own flock and took his own herd, to dress it for the wayfaring man that, that came to him. But to the poor man, but took the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the man that was to come to him. And David's anger was kindled greatly. Isn't it amazing? We hear a story about something so so outlandish and so crazy. But yet in our own life, we have little things hidden and little things done and little things we operate in that are questionable in our behavior. Amen. I'll have the result that this did, and, and maybe you, it may be stealing, and we have a problem with stealing and, and lying or a variety of things. But here we know where David went. David had a problem with his relationship with Bathsheba. And he'd done everything that he could to, to cover it up. The problem with this, at this stage in this, this conversation, he was about to wreak havoc upon this guy. David's anger was greatly kindled against the man, against the man. And he said to Nathan, as the Lord liveth, the man that hath done this thing shall surely die. He shall restore the lamb fourfold because of this thing, because he has no pity. I don't know how many times over the years, from, went from my youth all the way up, Nathan looked at David and said, Thou art the man. And I wonder in this place this morning, the Holy Spirit could look at you and say, You are the man. You're so quick to point out everyone else's problems. And so quick to point out everybody else's failures and things. But you never seem to want to deal with the issues that you have at hand. And Nathan said to David, Thou art the man, 
Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel, and I will deliver thee out of the hand of Saul. And I gave thee a master's house and a master's wives into thy bosom, and the house of Israel and Judah. And if it had been too little, I would have moreover given unto thee such and such things. Wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight, and hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword, and have taken his wife to be your own, to be thy wife? And has slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. There's a whole lot to this. And, and without going through the, the history of the, of the history of David and Bathsheba and Uriah, the different things, there was a whole lot to it. But you know, in our life, there's a whole lot to the things that, in our life that aren't right. You can have a problem with drinking or, or, or gambling or, or whatever it may be, but there's a lot more to it than we want people to see. Here's the problem I'm getting off my notes. I'm, I'm going ahead of myself, but it wasn't the fact that he done it to people. Let me go back. Imagine how hard it was for Nathan to, to confront David, the king. This was not an easy thing. He was going to confront him and tell him. Nathan's heart was heavy. Could you imagine going to, to someone that you know, that you love, and that you respect? You respect him. And your heart is heavy, and he's going to confront him about something in his life. Now, here's, it's pretty drastic with what he's involved in. But the sudden reality finally hit David, and he was off the hook. He didn't have to hide anymore. He didn't have to make excuses anymore. He was off the hook. Now he has to deal with the reissue because it's public, because Nathan knew the, the issues that he was dealing with. So I think David was relieved, but yet he was sick. I'd have to deal with the, the heaviness of knowing how he let the country down. He'd become a murderer and adulterer, and he was guilty of covering it all up. You know, I bet David never thought that he would get to that place. Did you know that you never thought that you would end up in the place that you've been? Not that everybody... And I'm not saying this in a critical way, but I'm saying this in a way that we have to be honest with ourselves, or we're going to wake up someday, and it could be too late. But most of all, we need to deal with things today. I remember, I hate to bring this up, Tyson, but, but when Tyson was 20 years old, he was involved in some bad guys and involved in a lot of things, and, and I know when the task force, drug task force, and went down and did the arrest and things, and, and he went down to uh, one of the guys picked Tyson up. He was the only one that was innocent of something that went on, but the drugs were off, obviously something. But he told the officer, and the officer told us, oh, I'm glad you finally caught me, because now the weight of my sin is on my shoulders. You know, there is freedom, there is liberty in, in coming clean. There's freedom and liberty in knowing that you've told the truth and, and that you're breaking free from this thing which keeps you bound all the time. Go to 51st, 51st Psalm, if you would. David wrote this right after being confronted by Nathan and, and 
Needless to say, what he was writing was from his heart, but it wasn't because, oh, I've been caught. It was because, oh, I've been caught, but oh, I'm glad that I've been caught. And he's seen himself in a relationship, and his relationship with the Lord is so strained. Have you ever been in a place in your life, in your relationship with the Lord, that you felt strained? Something seemed to be hindering you. You knew what it was, but nobody else did, and, and it was hindering you, and it, and it kept you bound up for, for things. And, and that's where David was. Psalms 51. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multiple According unto the multiple of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I, for I not acknowledge my sin, my sin is ever before, thee, before me. Against thee only have I sinned. I've done this evil in thy sight, that, that, thou, that thou mightest be justified when, the clearest, when thou speakest, and clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, but the inward part of thou, hmm, inward part, thou shalt make me known, make me to know wisdom. We're going, I'm going to get through this. Verse seven: Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear the joy. You see what's going on? It had been so long because this, this thing had laid over his head. He'd been, he'd been married. He'd not been married. I guess he'd been married. He'd been with her for about a year. And he was miserable. And he went the whole year of, of never hearing the voice of the Lord. And he had made himself estranged from the Lord because of his actions. And, and his heart was heavy. And he was glad, but yet he was sad. And yet he wanted him to come out and, and fix the problem. Forgive me, Lord. It, it'd be like... If you've ever done something wrong to someone you were dear to, somebody you thought a lot of, and you done something and you offended them and you, and you know you did and you didn't want to go back around them, you didn't go and apologize and you, you didn't try to correct things, but, but you, the first time you're around them and they break the ice and they begin to confront you or not confront you, just begin to discuss with you, instantly you're broken. I think of how close I was to my father. You have to, you have to be close to somebody. But I could hear my dad, if I did something against him, you see, not a, in a condemning way, but only a way that he could. Maybe hear the joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast, hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me out away from thy presence and take thy Holy Spirit. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy first spirit. He'd become, a, he'd become very dirty in his life. In his life of lies, he'd, he lived in manipulation. He, he presented things. You don't, you don't know how kind of, what kind of a sinner you would be until you get involved. David never been a plotter to cover up himself. He'd always been an honest guy and always, even, even when he could have took Saul's life and he, he cut a partial of his, of his garment off it with his sword and, and he went out and he told him, he could, I could have took in your life. And he had too much character. Do you understand what, what kind of man this was? This wasn't just, a, uh, just any old guy on the, the streets. This is the king of Israel, but he had super sensitive heart to do what was right and he took part of that garment off. He felt guilty for doing that. When you get involved in sin, 
and you get involved in something that is besetting, it's something that is devastating to you in the church, in the church, you let that creep in. You go to all kinds of extremes to defend yourself, to justify yourself, right? You look for all kinds of reasons why it's, it's justifiable, but in all, in all honesty, it is not justifiable. It's the thing that separated you from the one thing that you loved, the one thing that you thought that made you unique and one thing that, that did make you unique. He did not ask to be forgiven. I think this is so cool. He did not ask to be forgiven. Verse five. I was shaping my, before I was shaping iniquity and his sin to my mother conceived me. He was saying things that God already knew and he knew that he was a sinner from the beginning. He, he was at odds or, or separated from God from the beginning, but he thought he had made uh, Closeness, you know, all the psalms here and all the things he had done. He thought he had become a lot closer to God, but look, Lord, look at me. I'm a failure. I go back to my beginning. And sin, I was in, I was in sin in my birth. And so I, I'm not excusable. Every one of us, man, it's really quiet in here. Uh, but every one of us, can only be forgiven of God. It, it, it's not an easy thing. It's, it's not profound. It's nothing you haven't heard a million times. But, but when you're a, a filthy, dirty, manipulated guys, David become, had become, how do you think he saw himself? How do you think he dealt with his day-to-day -day routine? He got him from the people and all smiled and everything, but he knew all, all, the, grant, all, the, all the time that in the background of his mind, he was going back to that time that he went out on the balcony and saw a woman. This is ironic. I was speaking on this. Y'all had this uh, this weekend. But it was ironic that he would look down there and he saw this lady, and he so desired her, he sent somebody to go get her. And I know he shouldn't have been there, but that's not the message. But every time that he began to live in the past and, and he thought if I just had been at battle or if I had just stayed in my house, I would not have involved her. I would not have involved me. She would have her husband. She would have a, a life as normal as it ever was. But I have ruined it all. David still had a conscience and that's was so good. He still had a conscience. You know, sometimes we get so get so messed up that do you still have a conscience? Do you still care? Do you still have a conviction in your heart about things that that you deal with it that you're willing to to say, okay, God, I'm sorry? Or do you are you to a place that you don't have a conscience? What happened to your conscience? Where did it go? Where did it go? He was the king, and he was an intimate guy with God, and, and everybody looked at him for his spiritual leadership. But let me ask you, do you have it? Verse 7, purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be made whiter than snow. Never did he ask right there really in, in a real way. He didn't really come out and say, Lord, forgive me of my sin. He said, Lord, cleanse me. 
I have so much junk in my life. Cleanse me. Listen to me. I got some stuff in my life I can't deal with. I need you to cleanse me from it. Stick to my nose. He knew he had become something he had never wanted to be. He was sin struck. Guilty day in, day out. Although nobody knew it but him. But him. He knew he was sin. Verse 4. Against the only and only the only have I sinned. He knew what he had done to God. He knew that he had a conscience and agreed God. Most importantly, he saw that he saw in his relationship was his relationship with the Lord. He broke all relationships with him when he done those things. When you think of David, do your heart does your, does your mind, mind not go to the scripture? A man after God's own heart? You know his his heart was right, and you know, and you you are here. You are here. I mean, you love the Lord, and He is so important to you. And He is, it, it just is. That's what you're known as because what you stand for, what you believe in. But yet, yet there's something in there that is hindering you because of your past, something you got involved in, or something you've done, or, or something you said. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're sin sick. He was His grace. Could you imagine looking at God? And maybe sometimes you feel I have. I felt that way before. I look at God and say, God, how do you have patience with me? I'm so stupid and, and, and things. And how can, you, how can you still embrace me? He knew he was a disgrace to God. He was tired of living that way. And just like Tyson, he was relieved. No more lies. No more hiding, 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 hide behind it. And you'd be relieved. Almost done. <clears throat> Maybe you're caught. In the midst of things. And it may not be as bad as adultery. It could be a variety of things. But you know, when you and I get something in our life, as minute as it may seem in the beginning, it always gets big the longer it's there. And you wonder, how can I get out? How can I get out? And maybe it's what you're thinking. And to be honest with you, we're going to have an altar call. We're going to have an altar call. This is not exposing or, or something big or making people feel guilty, but there's something about coming clean. There's something about coming clean with the Lord. And Romans, Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned, come short of the glory of God. You may have sat here in our church service week after week. And that makes you no more holy than a chair you're sitting in. When you lost something in your life that's holding you back or hindering.